0: Hello, and welcome to Business Beyond Usual. My name is Adam Fasher, and it is great to be back in Ann Arbor. We are here for another exciting season of Business Beyond Usual, and in today's episode, we're going to meet some of the producers for this season, as well as look ahead to the themes of our next few episodes. Now, before we get started, I want to encourage you all to get in touch with us. We want to make this podcast a little more interactive this year with the audience, and we'd love to hear from you. You can send us a message at podcast at umich.edu. That's podcast at umich.edu, and we'll also post this in the episode details. You can ask us questions, suggest episode topics, or just say hi. We'll spend some time at the beginning of each show reading some of your messages and answering any questions that you guys might have. And with that, let's get started. Today, I'm here with a portion of the new Business Beyond Usual team, and we're going to spend... This episode, getting to know each other and letting you know what we have planned for the show this season. Okay, so to kick things off, uh, let's just go around the table, introduce ourselves. Uh, Let's do name, what year you are, area of focus that you'll be pursuing this year at Ross. And let's answer one question. And to keep it going from last year, uh, let's use the same question. If If you were to introduce a business beyond usual slogan, what should it be? Jason, you want to kick
1: things off? Yeah. Um, Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Rock, and I'm a second-year MBA here at Ross. My main focus has been, first of all, pivoting into strategy consulting from an engineering background, um, and then also from a personal standpoint, pursuing a a passion within sports business. As far as a slogan idea goes, um, I'm still a little bit hurt from this weekend. We're recording this right after the Michigan-Wisconsin game, so I will say... The Business Beyond Usual podcast, an excellent alternative to Michigan football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a good one. Sorry, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be especially relevant this year. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, we barely maybe. we barely scraped against the Army game, which was you know
1: a lot of a lot of prayers coming from the big house. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> Katie.
2: All right. Um, so, hi everyone. My name is Katie Coleman. I'm an MBA one. Um, that is joining Ross from Strategy Consulting, so a little bit different, um, coming from the consulting background and going into internal strategy, so thinking maybe tech, but we'll keep you updated because that can very well change. Um, so for a slogan... I'm thinking business beyond usual, anything but usual. A little, a little reusing there, but it's okay. <laughs>
0: a little presumptuous, but I like it. I like it.
3: <laughs> All right. So I'm Saba Lemnew. I'm an MBA one. And I have a background in consulting both in healthcare and international development. I spent some time working in Ethiopia. And my focus for this year is going to be recruiting for VCs, hopefully focusing on emerging markets or working with startups that focus on nice. emerging
4: markets. Cool. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie Simpson. I'm an MBA2 getting my master's both here at Ross with my master's in business, but also my master's in the School of Info. So I'm focusing on user interface, user experience design. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping to go into. Had a tech consulting background, wanting to stay in the tech world, um, but be more on the user customer front. Very cool. And my slogan is Business Beyond Usual, the podcast for students, by students. Oh, That's
0: good. That's good. Okay, so once again, uh, I'm Adam Fasher. I'm an MBA too. Um, so what is my area of focus? First year, I had no focus. I recruited <laughs> four different functions. Sounds about right. Uh, I ended up going into general management because that's where all of us, jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, end up usually. Uh, <laughs> So I did general management over the summer. I'm probably going back to do the same thing uh, at general management, so that's going to be my focus. And my uh, slogan idea, I'm, I'm uh, plagiarizing for myself from last year's episode. I don't think uh, that's plagiarism. I don't know. It's we, just crediting yourself. We, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll take uh, suggestions from the audience, from the <laughs> legally inclined audience to let us know. Um, it's, uh, basically, uh, from a song from one of my all time favorite shows, Flight of the Concords. Uh, it's called, uh, It's Business Time. I think it's an awesome song and it's relevant nice. for BBU. It's business. Okay. So let's, let's get to know our BBU team just a bit. Better. Why don't we go around the table again and talk about the clubs you guys are involved in this year and what you're looking forward to doing this year at Ross. Jason, you want to kick us off again? Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: I am very involved, first of all, I mentioned a little bit earlier, but uh, with our Sports Business Association here at Ross. Um, Actually, I'm one of the co-presidents of that club. We have a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, sent a team to the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics uh, Conference last year as part of a national case competition. Um, have some really cool speakers coming in, trying to do some ad hoc consulting with the AD's office. So very excited about some of the uh, situations we may get ourselves into this year with that. And then also very involved in the Detroit Revitalization and Business Club uh, in the mentoring arm. We bring kids from the Jalen Rose Academy into Ross for some, some general mentorship uh, about once a month. Um, and that's been really impactful and a very cool thing to be a part of.
2: Super cool. Um, yeah. So something I'm really excited about getting involved in would be the Singer Leadership Center. So already involved in um leader x so we have our kickoff tonight which is super exciting so that's our cohorts are going to be announced and whatnot and then um also really excited to get involved in um like story lab legacy lab and everything like that so we'll see maybe i'll be a real leader after this year and i'll have to just announce back afterwards
0: you already are
2: (laughs) nice um
3: since I'm interested in emerging markets, I'm looking forward to getting involved with the Emerging Markets Club here on campus, as well as a newer club called Women Who Launch. It's focused on uplifting women within entrepreneurship
4: and venture capital. So, yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay. Yeah.
4: Um, so I'm in a couple of clubs this year. Um, so I'm really involved in Tech Club. So president of that. Um, we do, a lot of different things, but I'm most excited for our first ever tech week building off of our first ever tech day last year, but we're just so awesome. We needed a <laughs> whole week this year. I'm um, so partnering with a lot of different clubs at Ross Monday through Thursday doing things such as what is tech and consulting and just trying to show that tech's kind of a little bit of everywhere. Um, and then having our tech day again for the second year on Friday, where students can uh listen to some panelists of some tech alum, do some mock interviews and just get ready to rock um recruiting that happens when we get back from winter break. And also director of Story Lab. And so really excited to kick that off this year. Our First event is October 8th. Um, it's going to be really great. Some amazing stories and really hoping to just have more impact with a lot of the speakers before and after they get on that stage and really help them through the process. Because it can be quite daunting to get on stage to an auditorium and kind of pour your heart out and tell a story that you may have never told anyone before. And then also co-president of Mason Brew, which is our beer club. Mm, and we nice. have our kickoff happy hour uh, this week, but basically just I expect to be drinking a lot of craft beer throughout the year and I'm trying able. to work off all the beer that I've sounds drank bad. as well.
0: Yeah, sounds horrible.
4: Yeah, yeah. it's really hard I'm job. not interested at all.
0: <laughs> so this is Adam. This year I'm uh, leading, taking up leadership roles in some of the clubs I'm involved in, uh, mostly Jewish Business Student Association and Israel at Ross, and really looking forward to... Increasing our curriculum for those clubs and increasing the engagement with both, both the Ross uh, business community, but also out reaching out and reinforcing relations with other schools on campus. Uh, Cause there are very active clubs there that are, um, there are great opportunities for networking with th- them with our business school people. And other than that, I'm really looking forward to leading uh, my fact group. Uh, which to those of you who haven't joined Ross yet, uh, fact groups are the professional groups you'll be do- going through your first year at Ross to prepare you for the fun, fun times that are recruiting and networking and everything involved with that. So we, as the MBA twos who have gone through this trial by fire, are there <laughs> to uh, give you a uh, lend you a helping hand and just uh, mostly reassure you that you guys are awesome and you're going to be fine. So. Uh, I have my own little group of fact people, and uh, it's very exciting. I'm very much happy to have them and hope they're, they'll be happy to have me.
2: Yeah. And I think something to call it, too, is it's fact, like a knowledgeable fact and not fat, because I couldn't, like, tell at first. When I,
0: was <laughs> I have five. never heard that one before. So, yeah, me like, neither. when I
2: heard it, I was like, is it fact, like a knowledge fact? Or are or you just it, like,
0: calling me fat?
2: No.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't
2: know. <laughs>
0: Okay, thanks, everyone. Now, before moving on to the next segment, we have a short message from our sponsors.
2: So today's podcast is brought to you by Michigan Businesswomen. Michigan Businesswomen is committed to creating an inclusive space for all women and students at Michigan Ross. Our drive is to prepare women for future business leadership by curating events to promote internal relationship building establishing relationships with prominent companies, and empowering members to engage in thought-provoking conversations. Our keynote events, Women in Leadership Conference, our Fall Retreat, and Spring Symposium are leading examples in the MBA community where women have the opportunity to come together to grow in their personal and professional development. We are excited to be called the largest student club at Ross. And I'm actually involved in this club, so it's super exciting for me to read this and really excited to see what MBW does this year.
0: Okay, so thank you to Michigan Businesswomen for sponsoring uh, this episode. Now let's move on to our next segment. And uh, I know you guys at home can't see it, but we have a bowl in the middle of the table here and it has questions for all of us to answer Now we're going to do a roundtable format. Uh, No one in the panel today has seen any of these questions in advance. Uh, The other producers who couldn't make it uh, wrote those questions. So we're just going to be passing the bucket around the table and ask each other a few of the questions in the bill and take it off from there. Jason, you want to you the honors? (laughs) This means I don't have to answer this one, right? No, you start answer it. Oh, what?
1: What is your most used emoji? Ah, That's dangerous. That is. Um... (laughs) I'm going to say my most used emoji. I probably could check it factually right now, but that's no fun. No. Um, probably something weird. Could be, could be the, uh, the cheersing beer. Could be that one. Use that one a lot. Probably overuse that. Um, I live in a house with, uh, eight other guys. Send them winking faces all the time. <laughs> um, so
0: I, either one of those two probably. Probably, you know. The uptake in usage of the winking emoji is, like, (laughs) right after ski. Hey, you know what?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I would like to exercise my Fifth Amendment rights. Yep. (laughs) Fair enough.
2: Mine's probably the shrugging emoji. Like, I don't know, like, just trying to kind of get out of it. But I I feel like I use that one a lot. It's a little cop-out,
3: but...
0: It's fine.
3: (laughs) I use the laughing emoji like all the time for everything, <laughs> even for things that are sometimes serious, which is probably bad. <laughs> it's
1: like a coping mechanism.
2: <laughs> Inappropriate laughing.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um,
4: yeah. So that's probably the one I use the most. Okay. Yeah. So I really love Taco Bell, and <laughs> taco is my number one used emoji because usually I'm texting people asking to either get me Taco Bell or to go with me to Taco Bell. <laughs> Oh, wow. That is some I some have commitment a deep, deep love. Don't yeah. worry. Where's the
1: closest Taco Bell? Uh,
4: there's one on Stadium. Oh, wow. um, Yeah. yeah. And then there's one by the Briarwood Mall, but it's currently under construction, so you can't go inside.
1: See, this is the important content that people that are thinking yeah, about applying to the added Rossi. value of oh, the BBC
4: podcast. Yeah.
0: So I have two that I use the most. One is obviously the poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs>
4: obviously. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that none have of you brought so it so up. Foolish. I mean yeah it, uh, it it goes you know it fits a lot of occasions and the second emoji is i don't know how to call him but it's like salsa guy
2: like the, the guy, dancing the,
0: man no the guy doing like the pointing finger oh yeah, no, yeah dancing man like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The dancing, man? yeah. The
2: dancing man
0: i guess okay. dancing man to me to me it'll always be salsa guy but <laughs> okay, well, whatever is yeah, he the, next
3: to the salsa woman
0: I didn't even know there was the a salsa woman. Yeah, there's yeah, a salsa woman.
3: Red dress. A red dress. Oh,
0: like, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. They're, they're the salsa couple. Okay. <laughs> I take
2: it
1: that means that no one here doesn't have an iPhone. Is uh, that Correct? Ooh. Oh, you don't have an iPhone. No, I, See this oh, is so, he's got mm. he's got the generic emojis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think I have the generic emojis. <laughs> Let's, let's fact check this. I'm, I'm opening my phone. Maybe that's
2: why you don't, under, like, not totally dancing, recognizing the salsa. No, you are these the same ones. Yeah, I
0: have the same ones.
1: Those are the same, yeah. All right. wow. there
0: you I go. I recant. Confirmed. You, you Apple people don't have. I'm in the ecosystem and I will never leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Fair enough. Captive audience. All right. Some cost.
2: So next question. <laughs> What kind of job would you do if salary weren't a factor? Mm. This is a good one. So, I think mine is pretty easy. Mine's a go to. So, um, I coached volleyball and played volleyball. And so, I love working with kids and teaching them. So, I had third grade girls that I taught volleyball to. And you don't get paid a lot doing that, but it's a lot of fun. Hmm.
4: Um, so besides owning a million Taco Bells, um, <laughs> I think I'd want to open like a cat cafe, but then just go bigger, like a cat hotel and just mm, keep building okay. from there. But how,
0: how would that format work? Like would the cats be the You ones know, they have like the little kitty or...
4: doors in each hotel room so they can just go in and out of all the rooms. Oh,
0: okay.
4: It's a great concept if you see it later is my idea.
0: There, there's actually coffee shops in Amsterdam that do this format.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, cat cafe is like we have one in Ann Arbor. Do we? Yeah. Where? We been there.
0: This so is on the other side value, of town. This oh.
4: I also wherever I go to travel, always Google to see if there's a cat cafe. So I know where the Taco Bells are and the cat cafes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a happy camper. <laughs> there
1: you go. Um, my answer is oddly similar to Katie's. So both of my parents are high school teachers. Um, and I was fortunate enough to travel around uh, playing basketball growing up through high school, so if salary did not matter, I definitely would be
0: a high school math teacher
1: and a basketball coach.:
2: It's
1: cool.
0: Okay.: I think for me it would either be a sports caster or a gaming caster, which is sort of the same because it's eSports, but mm. uh, huge sports buff, and I mean, I spend my time watching the games and. Talking to my friends about it anyway, so why not do it in a studio with other cool people who are just as freaky about it as I am?
1: It so shameless dope. plug: Have you signed up for the Sports Business Association yet? I have. Oh, excellent. No, I haven't. But oh, you we're, haven't. We're
0: going to use that. Have
1: okay, fine. Yeah, because <laughs> I
0: will. Okay, after this, that's uh, deal.
1: Yeah, <laughs> see, I, but yeah, I could get you to sign up on like this. Could be live. This could be breaking news right here. Oh, you want to Adam signs up for the Sports Business Association? Signing up. Is there a yeah. fee? Uh, there is a fee, but it's, it's well worth it. You get a lot out of it. Trust okay. me. Why? I get all your funds. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, like the official PayPal gets all your funds, but I'm in charge. Okay. What do my funds get used for? Oh, a myriad of, of items. So mm-hmm. last year, some highlights are, first of all, you don't have to pay for any of the speakers that we bring in. Um, this year, we already have some things lined up. We have a manager doing sports analytics at Deloitte. We have a representative from the MLB and their analytics department coming in. We're close to maybe getting the owner of the Red Wings and Pistons to come do a talk here. Oh, shit. Um, and then we also, um, have some really cool, like social events going on. Last year we did, uh, some party buses from Ann Arbor to a Pistons Warriors game, as well as we went foaling in Detroit. For anyone who does not know what foaling is, it is a combination of football and bowling, which is now exactly what you think it is—you throw the football instead of the bowling ball at some pins. Okay. Um, and it, there's a, there's this really cool like industrial building right outside of Detroit. It's only like 20 minutes away from here, and it's a bar slash. They have I think like 10 lanes set up. Uh, so you go there with friends. It's pretty cheap and it's a ton of fun. Okay. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Sounds fine. like your money's worth
0: it, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe you, you maybe you're not, I'd you be not a this i right, of not park. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely.
3: Um, if money wasn't an issue, I would love to just travel around and go to different, like, new up-and-coming hotels and restaurants and just eat and just essentially be a food critic.
1: So an influencer? Do we have an influencer on our panel?
0: Don't you call them socialites or? I don't know.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, do they actually make money, though?
0: Some do. I think if Some you have, do. Yeah, if
1: you have over a certain number of followers, you get paid per post. Okay. Ask the Kardashians. Made a career <laughs> I, yeah, I can guarantee. I don't know if I want to like consult
3: 27 them. Twenty-seven <laughs> is not enough because
1: I'm not getting paid for mine. But. Yep.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: And the next okay. question is:
3: What has surprised you the most about moving to Ann Arbor? Well, I haven't been here for that long, but I will say. I was surprised by how bad the roads are.
1: That's true. Yeah, I was
3: really surprised by this that. Because I, I don't have a car, so I walk a lot. I take the bus.
1: Should we tag City Hall in this?
3: Um, I mean, hey, if we need
0: to, why not? <laughs> <laughs> So, Stephanie, what surprised you about Ann Arbor?
4: Um, I think I was most surprised by just, like, everything that happens in town. I feel like... Uh, especially in the non-winter months, there's always different festivals happening or different um, businesses downtown who are doing special events or kind of their own little celebration. So it's really fun to always have something to do around town um, in the spare, in the couple of times that I actually have free time. Um, and yeah, so I think, you know, they had a pickle festival, which was kind of fun. And um, they have some, like, German festivals and stuff like that. So I think it's just really cool to see what the town mm-hmm. offers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I grew in the suburbs, and I wasn't expecting anywhere near those levels of activity for a similar size
4: of mm-hmm. town. It's yeah. really cool.
0: I
1: think the thing that surprised me most was the food scene. So Ann Arbor downtown has a sneaky good food scene. Um, like Grazi, Aventura, Vinology. No one knows what these restaurants are, but I promise will. they're really good. Will. Um, they're very good. Um, yeah. for, for a town so small and a college town nonetheless. Like mm-hmm. When it when you're in a town where the campus kind of dominates life, to still have a bunch of really nice restaurants within walking distance, especially as a graduate student who is a slight bit older mm-hmm. um, than some of this campus, campus popula- population campus population. Um, <laughs> it, that's been really cool. Um, you know, you might have skeeps on Thursday, but then on Friday, if you want to go with your friends, like my map team would always go out, and we'd do cool stuff like that. Um, so to have those options was a surprise and very, very cool.
2: I think mine is how dog-friendly Ann Arbor is. So I feel like a lot of people here have dogs, and being a new dog owner, I got a puppy two weeks ago. I'm not sleeping, but I'm here, so it's okay, and... Um, it's really dog-friendly. You can pretty much take your dog wherever, and a lot of people have dogs. So if you want to pet a dog, you can come to Ann Arbor. We have lots.
0: Dogs are the best. Yeah. Cats are, too. <laughs> so the thing that surprised me the most when I moved here, so um, I'm from Israel originally, mm-hmm. so a very different sports culture. Uh, we love our sports in Europe, but it's just, I mean, I was blown away by The First of all, the fanaticism that goes into sports here and how everyone in the family is committed to attending and loving their and cheering on their sports team. It's crazy for me. It's not something we have uh, in Israel or in Europe. Um, But also the massive, massive tailgating that goes on every game. Uh, It's not something we have in Europe at all. Tailgating is not a thing. Like we in Europe... You come for the game, and after the game, you just go to a bar nearby and like with your friends, and either yeah. drink drink away your sorrows or go celebrate, <laughs> like depending on the score of the game. So, so,
1: I wonder how many people actually come into Ann Arbor for the game. Because if you just, I mean, if we're talking raw numbers here, and you have one hundred and ten thousand people that are sitting in the big house, like yep, that number for just like coming in for the game, those that just tailgate, that's got to be just enormous. It's, it's way
3: enormous. Yeah, I mean. I, w- I mean, the first game of the season, I live, I guess, apparently by a lot of frat houses. And so, first game, wake up around like 8-something, and they're already tailgating at 8 o'clock in yeah, the morning. Yeah, dedication. Dedication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Love that, too. Yeah. Okay. Have your career ambitions changed at all since getting to Ross? Okay. Um... Just to go back to what I said before, um jack of all trades, master of none, not really sure what my career ambitions are. For now, it's general management, and with general management, you don't really have to choose because you're doing a bit of everything. So for me, it works. Uh, I still want to be a general manager. still want to go back to being an entrepreneur someday. Um, yeah, I mean, it hasn't changed. If anything, Ross just... Uh, reaffirmed and reinforced my, it's going to sound so kitschy, but like my belief in myself, mm-hmm. like that I can be mm-hmm. what I want to be. Um, and shameless plug to an episode we did last season about imposter syndrome. So uh, to all of you, imposter syndrome sufferers out there, Ross and any other good business school is great medicine for imposter syndrome. I'm talking for experience. Uh, So, yeah, just a very long answer to a very short question. Uh, No, they have not changed since joining Ross.
4: Um, So I actually came to Ross wanting to do social impact. um, But when I got here and I saw all the different tech opportunities and realized that I really did love the tech world because I came from tech consulting, um, I kind of switched. So I did an internship in data analytics and then continued to explore and found the School of Info here at the University of Michigan um, But I was also able to get that social impact part in through other activities that Ross offers. So my MAP project was a social impact project. And then through some of the other clubs, I've been able to get that. So while professionally, you know, my internship and kind of recruiting has shifted, I was still able to um, kind of get that social impact benefit from other programs at Ross. Yeah.
0: Cool.
1: Um, that's a really interesting question. Yeah. I I I don't know. I have a few different thoughts about it, I guess. Like from a direct, direct job after Ross, like, no, I came here wanting to do consulting and not fortunate enough to be doing consulting right afterwards. But I would still say that there's so many doors that Ross opens up that you kind of like, you're able to see what's possible that didn't quite seem realistic a year and a half ago. So, you know, I mentioned that my passion is sports and on top of, you know, you know, being afforded the great privilege to speak at Sloan last year, president of the Sports Business Association here, myself and my co-president, uh, name's Pat Whalen, great guy. Um, he uh, he and I are speaking at a European Sports Business Conference in Switzerland later in October. So you know to be able to have some of those doors open, first of all, I don't think would have been possible without mm-hmm. Ross. But it definitely does reshape your general ambition. So those are always things that I wanted to do, but the timeline seems a lot more realistic
0: now. Yeah, I really I really agree with that. Reshaping your...
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So as MBA1s, we've only been here, well, in class for three weeks. Um, so <laughs> I'll take a little different spin on this question. Um, over the summer, we were encouraged to do a lot of, like, soul searching and figuring out what we wanted to do and what we wanted to recruit for. And I realized that what I wrote my essays on is totally not what I'm recruiting for now. Um, So I thought I wanted to do more marketing and more customer insights and now pivoting more back to strategy and kind of my roots and just realizing that I want to do that. I think Ross does a really good job helping you kind of find where you belong, um, whether that be through talking to people or just doing work on your own. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I've also
3: only been here for about, what, three weeks as well. So I would say, actually, my ambitions have not changed. So I came in knowing that I wanted to pursue VC just based on my past work experience or getting into the startup community, and I'm planning
4: to stick with that.
0: Okay, next question.
4: Okay, so the next question is, living or dead, who would you most like to interview on the podcast? I would choose Walt Disney because I'm a huge Disney fanatic. Um, and I kind of like his spirit of creating such a successful business um, for children and just keeping the magic alive. And even being able to make magic alive for adults. If anyone has not gone back to Disney as an adult, I think it's just as magical of an experience. And so I'd love to just get a bit of his wisdom and kind of talk more about his vision of creating something that was completely new at the time.
1: Um, that again is a really good question. These are tough. I know. Uh, I think the person that I would very on brand here too. The person I would really like to interview most would be Kobe Bryant. Um, so first of all, uh, Kobe's very known for having just an absolutely insane mental take, mm-hmm. um, on the way that he approached the game of basketball um sometimes like too intense but also has taken like that fundamental element and now transitioned it into the business world um highly involved with a lot of really cool things also like won an oscar a year after retiring from what um, yeah, he's making like children's series um huh, yeah it's what? absolutely incredible um but it, he wow. i've heard a couple interviews of his where he talks about you know whatever it is you're passionate about you take this same mental approach to things. And, and I just think that would be really fascinating to, to get inside of a little bit.
2: Um, so I think I would do Sarah Blakely. So she is the CEO and founder of Spanx, which is a little different, but I think she's really cool because she started something from the ground up, like just an entrepreneur hustling and, uh, creating her own product, which is super cool and really successful and does a lot for women's empowerment. Okay. Nice. Um,
3: I would actually want to interview Serena Williams. Ooh, so, that's a good one, too. Yeah, the famous, obviously, badass tennis player. Um, But she actually has her own VC fund as really? well. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so she's been on the low-key, down-low, been investing in companies for the past four or five years, and she's already invested in over, like, 30 companies. And her portfolio is doing really oh. well.
1: She's I mean, killing it. Serena, if you're listening, I have yeah. this
0: friend, Saba, who wants to be
1: a <laughs> internship. Yeah.
0: Um, Doing networking on the uh, BBU podcast <laughs> bucket question list. Not bad. Yes. Not bad. This is next level stuff. Uh, for me, I think it would be probably Albert Einstein and Freddie Mercury. Um, I think they're both people who in their respective fields just completely changed the way we think and approach pretty much everything and I would just love to be in the room with them and I mean I don't have to ask them about professional stuff I I probably couldn't because they're so so smart and so much better at what they're doing than me but just being in the room with them and getting to know them hearing how they speak how they think through stuff sort of goes to your Kobe Bryant comment about the mentality Uh, yeah just trying to figure out what made them so special would be fascinating to me. Ooh,
1: now here's a good one. Why did you choose Ross over other business schools? Nice.
0: Ooh, Grant.
1: That's a, Ooh, man. To That's a hot on. topic. Um, yeah. That is a hot topic. And it's probably one that a lot of people are thinking about as we're round one is early October, right? For some of those uh, okay. mm-hmm. deadlines. So we're, yeah. we're coming right up on that. Um, for me, it was all about the culture. So I won't name drop any other schools here. Well, it all honestly, I know so many people from all of these top business schools and they're all awesome. Um, so it's, there's no hate, but for me, Ross was like just by far the best place. Um, I went into the B school application process with one specific school in mind. Um, really thinking that that was kind of my dream school ended up getting in, but the visit and the interview process. Just, it wasn't the right fit. And then I come here to Ross on interview day and you've got this app that connects everybody and every single person you meet is just so incredibly friendly and they've got all this stuff planned for you. And I just felt at home almost immediately. And that just, I mean, I I really think that when you're doing this B-School process, like that matters more than anything. Who are the people that you want to spend your next two years around? What is the network that when you come into the professional world, like, you know, it's not just your class, it's all the classes before you, the classes after you. So to me, like that culture was just paramount.
0: Yeah. A lot of people don't, they only consider or mostly consider the brand or the industry that that school specializes in. Yeah. And they don't really stop and think this is two years of my life. Uh, This is where I'm going to be for those, most of those two years. And if I'm not going to like it, then it doesn't really matter. The other, it's going to impair the other stuff as well.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think the other thing is, as we're months away from graduation here, the greatest thing that I've gained at Ross, it's a long list, but are some of the friends that you make. I mean, lifelong friends. And if you don't choose somewhere that you really fit, like, you know, I'm not saying it wouldn't be the case, but here it's just, I don't know. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I can't echo that enough. the line feels like home, like resonates a lot, just because I remember on uh, GBR, which is the Go Blue Rendezvous, it's kind of the uh, sell weekend for Ross. Um, I was with some MBA twos and one just turned to me and told me like, I'm really glad you're here, Katie, like so happy you're here with us. So it's just that special feeling. I feel like that Ross kind of gives all of us and hopefully will give you one day, but um, it's just, it's a pretty cool place to be.
3: For me, I chose Ross because I felt like I kind of had a little bit more of a structured process in how I chose schools. Mm -hmm. So basically, I cold emailed alumni on LinkedIn from all the schools I was applying to. Mm -hmm. And by far, like I got the most responses and the fastest responses from Ross. Yeah, Ross (laughs) Yeah, so... I was actually pretty shocked. I wasn't expecting to receive as many responses, but they were always willing to talk. They're always willing to provide any guidance or advice, and they were very helpful. So I was like, wow, this is really what it means to like invest in a network. So that was kind of, for me, one of the big swaying factors to come here.
1: That kind of goes back to one of the most surprising thing at that, that question. Um, when you first come here, and I think it even happened on interview day for the first time, and people will say hey if you put go blue at the end of your email line like people will answer you. Yep. And in that moment I was like okay yeah sure they will. I believe you.
0: <laughs> nobody does that though. Yeah. They do. everyone, everyone does. Everyone does, that's does. What we thought that nobody does. Yeah, it. Exactly. Everybody does right. that.
1: everybody does it. It is yep. incredible I like it's insane. I use it all the time. Yeah. And so you know now as student ambassadors when people reach out to us uh-huh. one of the like most common elements of feedback that I get from them is they are like thank you so much for Answering me quickly. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's been like four days. Like, I'm sorry that it took me so long. Like, I've just been busy. They're like, no, like we email so many people and no one ever answers us.
0: Yeah. And it's not the case with Ross. Yeah. I mean, my, my success factor rate with uh, cold calling people on LinkedIn with Ross alums is still 100%. And I'm an MBA too. So that's, yeah, I've never not received a response from any Ross alum, even yep. old ones. Yeah. So for me, um, much like Jason, I mean, we applied, my wife and I, she's also an MBA two here. So we're doing the program together. Um, so for us, the process was a bit more complicated because you're basically doing a package deal thing. Um, we got accepted into a few different schools. And then, um, we being from Israel, we did like a tour of those schools to figure out where we want to spend the next two years of our life. And, as soon as we got here, first of all, Ann Arbor just felt like home. I don't know, something about it. As soon as we crossed the city borders and just started driving around the streets and walking and coming on the Ross campus, it literally just felt like home, which was very weird because I've never been here. Um, but also how friendly or genuinely friendly and helpful and outgoing everyone here is, um, it's very much similar to our Israeli culture and where we come from, so for us it was just like a perfect fit and as soon as we came here, Ross went from just another great school, like top ten school that we are considering because we got in to like by and far our number one choice like there was no there was no doubt like Ross was our last stop, and as soon as we finished, we were like, yeah, that's we don't even need to do the structure thing or the integration <laughs> or the pros versus cons. It was just like, yeah, yeah, just that's felt really right.
4: Cool. Uh, yeah, for me, I think it was the hands on learning opportunities that Michigan has. I'm um, just because that's how I learned best and I really took advantage in my first year and want to continue. So whether it was classroom group activities or things like MAP, um, where I learned a lot and got to travel to India um, and learn and do some hands on learning that I've never done before or participating in um, activities such as the crisis challenge. Um, So I just love the opportunities Ross has amongst really having this be a safe space to try things out and to get those hands-on learning opportunities uh, to figure out what you do well and what you need to improve on before we kind of go out into the real world.
0: So can you just... uh briefly explain what MAP is?
4: Uh, so MAP is an opportunity for MBA 1s in our fourth quarter where we do a whole quarter long project. It could be somewhere in the United States or in another country. And we'll actually go into a lot more detail in an episode later this season. Um, but it's a great just hands-on learning opportunity where you get to work with classmates that you have may have never worked with before.
0: Yeah, also a lot of the students um, that do just-in-time recruiting end up finding a lot of uh, internships. I don't know if it's like a year, like a permanent thing, but I know that in our class a lot of people found internship uh, offers.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you spend so much time with the company for seven weeks and they're probably in the midst of recruiting too. And I mean, it's like one big
0: interview. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, I think that wraps up our questions in a bowl segment
4: business beyond usual is brought to you by the michigan business student association mbsa is a club that hosts events to help foster a sense of community at ross and create the moments that people remember about their business school experience for years to come since so many students come to ross because of the incredible culture mbsa strives to build on that every year whether that's through winter formal taste of ross the weekly Skeeps Happy Hour or any other event we put on, MBSA helps to create a positive, welcoming environment for all of our fellow MBAs.
0: Thank you, MBSA, for sponsoring the show. For our last segment, I thought we'd go around a bit and just talk about this season and you know why we're involved, what episodes we hope to be bringing you, and what we you can expect from us uh, moving forward. So, Jason, you want to kick things off?
1: Yeah. Um... You know, what I'm most excited about is when I think about some of the insights that we can provide to people that are going through that same process that we went through. You kind of have a lot thrown at you all at once between some of the stresses of the admissions process. You're still at work. Um, I don't know if you guys have checked the numbers, but it is a relatively large financial investment. So worth it, though. Um, and so to, to give anybody out there some answers uh, after going through what we went through to get here. Um, I think it's just really cool. And then from specific episodes that I am excited about, kind of pivoting off of what Steph had said, I think the map episode is going to be incredible. I think, like, we advertise map pretty heavily, but I don't know that when people research it, they really get some of the depths of, like, the individual experiences that we have. Um, like, just high-level. I, for one, got to go to London and New York last year, Um, and it was just, it was incredible.
0: So, very excited for that episode. I think it'll be a cool one. Yeah, I think all of us, when we're applying to Ross, we have MAP in the back of our mind, but we don't really fully understand what that means. So it's basically a second internship. Oh, yeah. For all interns and purposes, other than you're not getting paid. Uh, but that's like a s- small detail. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we have investment, had, Adam, <laughs> investment yeah, in your future
1: self. That's right. Yes.
2: Yeah, I'm excited too to kind of pay it forward or pay it back because I actually was a listener last year when I was a player. Hey,
0: hey. So
2: um I listened to all the episodes and they really helped me with the admissions process, not only here but elsewhere. Um but it's just great to use this and leverage it for interviews, for applications. So really excited to help folks with that. And then um I'm excited to talk about partners too. Um I think Michigan does a really good job with partners. I came to Ann Arbor with my partner, so excited to kind of flesh that out and talk about that.
3: Nice. Um, I'm the same as Katie. I use this podcast as my personal admissions consultant. <laughs> um, it was great. I got a really extensive outlook on like what the Ross experience was, even um, without necessarily coming here. And then once I come came here, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is very much representative of what I heard about. Um, So yeah, I want to pay it forward. And I'm really looking forward to doing an episode focusing on more of like what emerging markets is like at Ross, what the international student experience is like at Ross. I think that's something that would be really valuable to people who are not maybe not necessarily be able to come here and see how beautiful this campus is, um, to get that perspective.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so I joined the podcast last year, just you know, I heard about it from a friend, and I've always been an avid podcast listener. And I, it was always fascinating to me how things work on the other side when you're actually making the episode. So that's how I joined, but then. Uh, much like all of you guys, I I realized pretty fast what a great resource the podcast is to help everyone coming in. And honestly, I wish I'd known about it before I applied because it, it would have made my life way easier. Um, yeah, so I'm just be I'm happy to be here and pay forward, backwards, whatever, every which way. Um, the episodes I'm more, most excited to be working on this year. So we had an episode last year. Uh, dealing with mental health and specifically in, with imposter syndrome that I mentioned earlier. It was a very successful episode. I had a blast doing it, That great feedback about it. And um, so I'm planning to expand that this year with two episodes. One of them is basically an expansion of the first episode, like a part two, uh, dealing more with uh, wellness, mindfulness, and how to take care of yourself through what Jason already mentioned is a very, very stressful time for some of us, or a very hectic time at, at the very least. And the second one, uh, it's called, and you know, the name is just a work in progress, so it might change, it's called Let's Talk About Our, Our Failures. And the idea is basically to get uh, very su- successful people, either young or um, further down the line in their career paths, and basically just talk about all the times they failed hard in their lives. Uh, professionally, personally, and just you know, to give us all perspective of even the most successful people fail all the time and bad and hard. And, you know, it's it goes to mental health, but also has uh, very clear connections to uh, business and business school.
4: Yeah. So like most everyone else, I discovered the podcast when I was researching about Ross and became a pretty consistent listener. And so I'm really excited to do uh, podcasts around stuff that we've already talked about, such as MAP, um, or even you know what treks are and how we do them at Ross, or what you actually do after you get accepted to Ross. But there's a couple months before you move here. But what I also love about this podcast is I feel like it's also very applicable to current students. So. Like Adam said, having some of those topics about failure or about mental well-being, um, those are very applicable to current students. And so really excited to also tackle some of those episodes as well.
0: Awesome. So thank you all. I think that's all we have planned for today. Thank you all for being here. It's been awesome. And I look forward to working with you guys on really cool episodes for our listeners this year. Business Beyond Usual is brought to you by the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. Ex- executive producers are Andres Fuentes Affleck, Bob Needham, and myself, Adam Fasher. Our team of producers has grown this year, and we are so excited to welcome them all on board. You heard from many of them on today's show, Jason Rock, Katie Coleman, Saba Alnu, and Stephanie Simpson. You'll be hearing from some others soon, I have no doubt of that. Jonah Brockman did our recording as always and editing today. Thank you very much, Jonah. And thank you all for listening at home. Uh, Until next time, I'm Adam and this is Business Beyond Usual.